0: Hi, Natalie. Hi. What are we talking about today? Well, my morning was chaotic. We could talk about chaos. Ooh, I like chaos. (laughs) Are you the chaos coordinator? Have you seen those shirts? Yeah,
1: I'm a chaos coordinator, but I'm also the one who puts the chaos on the schedule. Mm. You know, so I coordinate it, but I also schedule it. So,
0: controlled chaos. Mm -hmm. Chaos chaos coordinator (laughs) but we create the chaos so people at home are listening
1: and they're thinking do they have a whiteboard are they drawing diagrams (laughs) oh that'd be awesome i have all sorts of whiteboards we are coming to you live not live recorded (laughs) from my basement which also serves as a homeschool room from a time long gone and it's a mini garage and there's a teen center. It's a very eclectic space. So I do have a whiteboard, and um, I probably have some other fun teaching tools at our disposal. So uh,
0: chaos, I don't remember all the other great
1: words you used.
0: It all comes back to chaos, that is the word. Mm -hmm. How we create our own chaos, and how chaos is put upon us.
1: Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah, so today I definitely scheduled my chaos. Mm not because I wanted the chaos, but because I wanted the things that I scheduled. And I only had a very limited window. And then Tracy and I had agreed we were going to meet at this time to do this recording. And I got done with all of my chaos this morning. And I thought, I could just tell Tracy it's too much, but the truth was I just really needed Tracy time, whether we record something or not.
0: First of all, thank you, I love that. I was talking to a friend earlier this week, and we came to the conclusion that there is enough time in the day for everything that I choose to do. I'm going to say that again. There is enough time Mm -hmm. in the day for everything I choose to do. It's actually kind of funny. I'm trying not to giggle. Because you
1: may choose to schedule everything, but whether or not you choose to do it is different because you might reach a point where you say – I just cannot fit this all in today, and I'm going to have to take some things off my plate.
0: So I'm a calendar person. If it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. Okay. But things will show up on my calendar, like as a to-do and I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I don't really want to do that right now. And it'll get moved to a different day. Or I'll forget about it. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to do that. <laughs> I have 193 reminders
1: of to-dos <laughs> that I have dismissed. Also, I have approximately, well, I, I deleted a bunch this morning. But as of last night, when I went to bed, I had 200 Mommy. unread text messages.
0: Mommy. Oh, Mommy.
1: We also have a small child with us today. A lot of my chaos comes from my children's schedules, but I'm the one who allows for them to have those
0: schedules. So that brings me back to COVID. I know we don't talk about COVID, but truly, like, my kids and I, we were at home. We were together. We were unscheduled because we could be, or we had to be. It wasn't even that we could be. We had to be because all the activities stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. And even though some activities found a virtual way to stay engaged, some couldn't. It just wasn't realistic to have a virtual option. And I thought about that and how scheduled we really were pre-pandemic. And I remember saying to myself, after the pandemic, we're not going back to that. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. We totally went back to that because it comes back to the activities, the things on the calendar, the coffee dates, the dinners with friends, like all of those things fill my cup. Mm -hmm. And so to take those off of the calendar and just be home (laughs) wasn't going to work for me. Same thing with my kids. Mm -hmm. Like they went back to their activities because that's what brings them joy. That's what fills their cup. And so finding that balance of organized chaos as long as it's fun as Mm -hmm. long as it's bringing you joy as long as it's filling your cup that should be adding to your life even if it does create a sense of chaos right of well we got to go from here to here to here okay so in 2020 i
1: was pregnant with george and that's george that was actually perfect (laughs) that was fantastic so I was pregnant with George. He's my fourth child. And we, my, I have two girls who are competitive figure skaters. And I have a son who is a hockey player. And at the time, my husband was in the thick of training for his career. And so I did a lot of the running two activities alone from January 2nd until, no joke, February 14th my alarm was set for every morning at 6 a.m. because we had something. I think we had a total of, in that six week window of time, I think we had a total of four skating competitions, a couple of jamborees, hockey jamborees, not to mention school and doctor's appointments and just all the other things. And then I had George at the very end of February. I was discharged from the hospital. Talk about chaos. I was discharged from the hospital and I left the hospital and went straight to the middle school where my daughter had a band performance and from there we went directly to the elementary school where we listened to our middles sing in a school performance and then we came home and the next week everyone came home from school. Everything was shut down and I was so relieved to have that piece and quiet and time to ourselves. Obviously, I wasn't relieved about the idea of a pandemic, but I was relieved to have that time to just ourselves because I was so burnt out. We got three weeks in and I called my mom in tears and I said, there is a reason why we are busy. I missed life experiences. Then the next two years were, were very, very quiet because of all the limitations that were set and some choices that we made personally. And then when things opened up again, just like you said, we went right back into the rigmarole. That's a good word too, rigmarole. I like
0: that word. So do you think that has to do with being extroverts? I am an extrovert. My son is an extrovert. My daughter is an introvert. And so my daughter is actually very intentional about what she chooses to do and what she doesn't choose to do. She is someone who has taught me how to say no to things. As compared to my son and I, that's like, ooh, opportunity? Yeah, let's do that. Ooh, that sounds fun. And and that's because we get our energy from that. We love being around people. And so the pandemic was really hard for us to be home mm-hmm. and to not have that outlet. So going back... After the pandemic was freeing for us, where learning through my daughter that it was, no, I'm going to choose to do this. No, I don't need to do that. And being at peace with that decision to say no without judgment, without repercussion and just, I had to embrace that as a mom and be like, oh, I might need to say no, which that makes me think of boundaries, which I have been learning how to set boundaries so that it's not just this chaos in our life, but there's intent and around each choice, right? We're choosing this. This is why we're choosing it. This is why we're making time for it. And then if there's something that is offered, being okay, saying no and mm-hmm. saying, no, this is actually the one night of the week that all three of us are going to be home and I'm going to protect that.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to set those boundaries when you have additional people in the house because how is it fair for me to tell the girls they can have opportunities and then be like, oh, Todd, your activity, which is one of my other children, because um, I got a whole slew of them, <laughs> um, you can't have, you can't do your activity because it falls on the one night that we're all home, right? It just, there's, so it, it is hard for us to, as the kids get older, to find a, this balance in what we can commit to that, allows everyone to have experiences without putting upon us this unnecessary or unbearable chaos. Um, One of the things that I have implemented that is super, super small in the grand scheme of things, but I found that it's made the world of a difference in our family and just in my own sanity, is we have a weekly family meeting. And it is literally, everybody's going to stop it doesn't happen at a certain location. It doesn't happen at a certain time. It doesn't have a certain duration. It's just, we're all gonna stop quick. We're all here, family meeting. We, we go through the schedule. Give me, everyone has to give me three meal ideas. Um, so I've done my meal planning then. And then I ask anybody if they have anything that they're concerned about. If they have any um, thing that they would like to share. It gives everybody a chance to feel like they're heard. And then it also gives them a chance to regroup and find identity, back to identity, as a part of our family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you find a place, okay, when your identity, when you can attach it to a stable environment, it helps to better ground you when you enter that chaos.
0: I love that. What I really love is everybody has to give three meal ideas because I actually think that's part of the chaos. I <laughs> never know. What are we having for dinner? I don't know. And then that becomes a stressor instead of having meals planned, instead of having things organized. But also, if I'm supposed to have tacos tonight and I don't want to have tacos tonight, I want to make something else. But anyways, I <laughs> I love the idea of a family meeting because I think – I mean what i heard in that is everybody has a space to be heard everybody has a space to feel valued and you get to honor each person of the family in what they need for that week
1: yes okay so just a little pro tip for the meal planning we were at a crossroads, and we had two options i could either well i had three options the first was i could continue to do it my way do the meal planning eat what i wanted to eat Take the time, okay? The second option was take out because I was burnt out. And the third option was to let it go and just not give a damn, you know, and just be okay with the fact that everyone's being fed. And um, the first option was not really sustainable any longer because I was burnt out. I hated – I dreaded the idea of preparing a meal. I have this problem where I can't just cook a meal you know, I, I can't just put uh, chicken and meat on a sheet pan and say, look at me. I've got a sheet pan dinner. I have to make homemade guacamole, and I've got to make sure that my tortillas are warm and that I've got um, all the fixings, and now I'm going to go make some Mexican rice. And so, um, yeah, the first option was not, uh, was not su- su- sustainable. So I took that one off. And then takeout's expensive. Mm-hmm it's not always good for you. The, the third option gave everybody um, a sense of involvement. And what I did is I just wrote down on the whiteboard, or I had a chalkboard, everything that everyone picked for that week. And then somebody would say at about four o'clock, what's for dinner? And I'd say, pick something off the chalkboard because my fridge was filled. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd say, oh, corn dogs. And I'm like, all right. I don't want corn dogs but i don't have the time and the energy to put into arguing this and so we had corn dogs and corn which was better than cheeseburgers from mcdonald's
0: oh for sure yeah
1: so that's my meal planning i had to let go of some of that like some of that control over we're gonna have this nice gourmet meal no we're all gonna sit down and have dinner together it might be
0: a frozen dinner that's okay that's okay My favorite is family dinners, where, again, it might be at 7 o'clock at night or later. But when we can all sit at the table together, where I find myself being more of a short order chef, of like, okay, what does everybody want? Or, fend for yourself, everybody get what you want. And then we're going to come back together and sit at the table (laughs) together um, and eat
1: Yeah, I don't do short order. Um, I don't know if it's because my person, like, I don't know if my attention span just doesn't allow for it. I'm not sure. I just, I struggle with everybody having
0: different meals. So what are all the things that make up the chaos that is put upon us and or we create? So oh, we talked about... a good question. I know. So we talked about meal planning. <laughs>
1: okay. I know it's a good question. <laughs> I asked it.
0: <laughs> food, food is a good one, right? Like, what are we going to eat? And do I have the right groceries? And am I actually organized? You and know? is
1: it is it going to be good for me? And is it going to fuel everybody?
0: Mm-hmm. So just the basic needs. Feeding people is hard. Feeding people. Well, mm-hmm. and I also... We didn't talk about this, but I am also my environment, so my home, the chaos within my home. So if there's paper everywhere mm-hmm. or if the bathroom needs to be cleaned or there's a blow dryer and a straightener and a um, curling iron on the counter all at the same time, which was my morning, mm-hmm. I'm like, ha, those need to not be here. Like, I want them gone. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I have not used any of those today. (laughs) I'm just going to be clear, right? So all all the things that are out on the counter, and I don't need things to be in their place, per se, Mm -hmm. but when the house is chaotic with things everywhere, I personally feel that chaos, and then it starts to impact other things. Okay, so
1: here's where we give a shout-out to my mom. She is always telling me, A chaotic space is going to create for a chaotic mind.
0: I wholeheartedly believe that.
1: But I think that that is um, specific to individual personality types. Sure. Because I know that's true for some people in my life. It's not necessarily true for me. Yeah. Isn't
0: that interesting? I would love for it not to be a thing. And I can live in that space, but I'm not my best self. I'm not productive, I'm not, I'm so distracted, Mm -hmm. and I can, like, all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to go through this pile of papers, and then all of a sudden I've gone from the papers to cleaning off the countertops to, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing next, right? Right.
1: Well, and sometimes she is, I mean, it, it is very, she's right. It is very true for a lot of people. Sometimes the chaos is too much for me, and I will walk through my house with a laundry basket and literally just, like, Scoop everything or slide everything off the counter into the laundry basket and tell myself I'm going to get to it later, which may or may not happen. But I hate some of those storage bins. Oh, so I'm not the only one who does this. No. Okay. So, but <laughs> what it does is it does remove the clutter. Mm-hmm. And that is nice. Mm-hmm. That is very nice. But for me, um, while I may need that at times, at the majority of the time, what I need to bring my brain to, like, a, a state of tranquility is not necessarily a lack of chaos, but it is time with my family.
0: Mm.
1: I need to, like, snuggle.
0: What I hear in that is love languages.
1: Right. So I was going to say, say love languages, but I don't know. Do love languages talk about... I mean, that, that pertains more to relationships and interactions. Does that exist also? I mean, do they do they influence also your um your day-to-day function well because i think
0: we have a i think we have a range of things intersecting in this conversation so like as extroverts we want people time right well my love language is also quality time but in order for me to be my best self i want to have an i'm organized isn't the right word but i want my physical space to not be chaotic. Mm. And then it allows me to have mental space to then be my best self with the people that I'm interacting with. Okay, so the intersection around all of it. And that's where it is personal. So for some people, living in organized chaos, really, like in my house, even if there are things, you know, the mail that hasn't been gone through or the pile of clothes that we need to go donate, it's so individual. And how it works, and that's where family units are so interesting because how it works for one person might not be how it works for someone else.
1: Yeah, so I think that what I think is interesting is that you had said you like to clean and have it all tidy so that then you have that space in which you can enjoy that time with your loved ones. I like to have the space cleaned, so that my loved ones will have the peace of mind to enjoy their time with me
0: there's your giver side i you know want to give oh my them, gosh you want to give them a space yes that is peaceful calm but, mm-hmm. yeah um, so that when they come into it they can just engage with you yes i want to go back also to the comment you made
1: about and extroverts and introverts so there's also ambiverts what's an ambivert i
0: think that's a little bit of both okay so i think i've become an ambivert am, after the pandemic
1: well i think that maybe i always was an hmm. ambivert and i realized it after the pandemic which is the pandemic over I or think are so. things just open
0: <clears throat> i don't know well that's a whole different conversation. that's another conversation
1: so i just don't know what terms we're supposed to be using anymore but um so for me i really like time with people
0: can i can i read the definition yes i apologize i interrupted um ambivert is a person whose personality has a balance of extrovert and introvert features but we should also define how would you define extrovert and introvert because i think some people perhaps differing opinions on that right differing definitions it's not an opinion because it's a thing there's yes. actually a definition yeah
1: so look up the definition because i would argue that kate is not an introvert so i think she likes to, i think she's very good at setting boundaries
0: mm. i think there's a difference yeah, that's an interesting perspective so extrovert does say an outgoing overtly expressive person okay yeah you're and that. then oh yeah <laughs> i am uh-huh. i am that also yes Whereas an introvert is a shy. See, I'm not impressed by dictionary.com. I'm actually going to take back the dictionary.com versions because I have always come to believe that introversion and extroversion has to do with where you get your energy. So oh, when you just I made talk them about
1: verbs. That is That is like mind blown. Congratulations. You you impressed
0: me today. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yes! But I think introverts they recharge independently right they need that quiet space for themselves okay where that used to make me really anxious Mm -hmm. if i was by myself and there'd be a story in my head of nobody cares about me and and that's not really what it was it was that i wasn't going to recharge I wasn't getting any energy from being by myself. I was getting energy from being with other people, mm-hmm. which is the extrovert side. Okay, so I, while you're looking for the
1: introvert side, this is so interesting because on my way home from my chaotic morning to meet you here, I was thinking in my head about extroverts and introverts, and I can't remember mm-hmm. what that train of thought was. But um, I was thinking about how excited I was to spend my morning with my friend and um, how I knew it was going to recharge me. I was using all these same words because we're, look at us. We're so similar. And then, um, and then I thought, but you know what? Maybe I need to have some time to myself. And what does it say about me that I'm avoiding that time by myself?
0: Oh, well, there's that
1: too. So am I avoiding time by myself or am I truly being charged by time with you?
0: So, can't both be true?
1: (laughs) Well, I would prefer the answer be, oh
0: no, you're not avoiding anything. Well, we all avoid things. Oh, I know. So, Okay. I I just think, yes, you can get energy from being with people, Mm -hmm. and I think the lifestyle and your identity makes it hard for you to spend time alone, Alone. Mm -hmm. and I think there's also this expectation, whomever, I mean, ourselves, the hypothetical society, like whatever it is, that if you take time for yourself, you're somehow being selfish. Yeah. And so so avoiding that is also just you doing you and living your life. When I was little, I used to go to the library.
1: My dad would take me to the library and I would get a stack of books, probably, you know, six or seven tall just thick chapter books, and I'd come home, and I'd sit on my floor in my bedroom on a Tuesday in the middle of June when everybody else is outside, and I would devour each of those books, and I would just like, but that is how I spent my alone time. Now, here's a question for you. Was I alone?
0: No, because you were with a book.
1: I was with somebody else's words and ideas. But
0: you're still,
1: So have I ever
0: learned to be alone? But you oh. still love to read. Oh my God, I love to read. So I do actually think now that you name that, I think that is your alone time.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I. It's That's just your introversion
0: int- time, but you're not actually alone because of the way that you read books is through the characters, through the story, and so sure. you're technically with...
1: Well, and also in those spaces, I'm allowed to be alone, but also stay busy because my brain is working... Through creating the images and making the connections and the relationships because it doesn't matter an author can spell out a relationship but you're still going to interpret that you're still going to have your own interpretation and it requires that a a different degree of um cognitive thinking and so oh my gosh look at that's really insightful actually congratulations to us um yeah so it allows me to be alone but still be busy Whereas some people want to be alone and they can be busy with their hands and that works for them. So they knit.
0: Well, and I have learned to meditate, Mm -hmm. which is the alone time that I can just be. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the vast majority of the other things in my life, I would choose to have someone else. I do like to read, but we talk about you read fiction. I read nonfiction. And I wouldn't say reading is necessarily filling my extrovert cup. It's filling my learner cup, my wanting to figure something out, learn more about something, where I feel like when you read fiction, like you get lost in that world Mm -hmm. and you really kind of deeply engage in that. And that is not how I work.
1: I also – well, also when I'm reading fiction, I like to consider – um, just an aside. Today's sound effects are courtesy of George. Um, I, I like to to analyze the sentence structure, but that that fills my cup when it comes to like the it fills my engineering cup, even though it's literary mm-hmm. and artistic. Um, okay, so what did it say about introverts then?
0: Well, so introverts is you value one on one. Friendships. You are more independent. You recharge and reflect in quiet, as compared to being around really? people. I'm. I'm like reading through some of this, going, "Well, aren't we all a little of both?"
1: Well, I feel <laughs> like that definition that describes me to a T. But but I,
0: you're an outgoing mm-hmm. introvert, maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: So ambiverts. A M B R O. Is that how you spelled it?
0: A M. B-I-V-E-R-T. Ambivert.
1: Oh, ambivert. Yep. Okay. Where did you hear about that?
0: Ambivert? hmm mm-hmm. That's a great question. Some random conversation as I was learning more about emotional intelligence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for the yes.
0: listeners, um, I have been in leadership for the last 10 years. And one of the things I've learned through that role is how people show up and so there's people in spaces especially in group settings who have no problem speaking up sharing information engaging in conversation and there are others who will be silent in a large group setting Mm -hmm. unless you call them out which is never a practice I recommend because that's super anxiety producing Mm -hmm. And so really getting to know the people that you work with, the people you work through. I love to facilitate professional learning. And you have to get to know the people that you're working with and how do you create conditions for every voice to be Mm -hmm. valued and heard in a safe environment. And so often I'll do partners or small groups and I will actually listen for the information being shared and I will either offer it or I'll ask someone, would you be willing to share with the whole group so it's, um, so it's predictable and it's not a kind of cold call. Mm-hmm. But the reason for that is because you have extroverts who have no problem being in a large group, who have no problem sharing and speaking out loud and then you have introverts who may not have that same comfort level um and then you have people who i mean it really depends on the situation and whether or not they'll share or not but i think so introvert extrovert i think it's just a dichotomy and i i struggle with dichotomies because I don't ever think anything's fully black and white. Yes,
1: I don't like dichotomies. And so what I think is interesting is I'm listening to you talk about professional development and these, a lot of the practices or techniques or understandings that you've come to learn and implement are things that I have come to learn and implement with my children and when I volunteer in the classroom or when I'm working with other parents or just interacting with people out in society in general. And I love that they, I I definitely see the value in professional development in regards to addressing these things. But there should be classes. Like this should be something that is taught to everybody at a very early age. And maybe they're starting to do more of that. I do feel like my kids are learning more about emotional maturity and um social interactions however um to be able to respect people where they're at uh you know whether they are an extrovert an introvert or an ambivert Mm -hmm. it just makes it so much easier to relate and appreciate and yeah
0: interact well and you understanding each individual person is a unique individual yes and that with that comes strengths in who they are and characteristics of how they're going to show up in a space Mm -hmm. that are consistent. And then you also have the variable of environment. So where you are, who you're with, that's always going to be a variable that is really hard to predict Mm -hmm. and plan for. And so what I hear you saying that I love is how do we start to embrace these ideas of there are people who lean more introvert? There are people who lean more extrovert. And at the end of the day, we're all somewhere in the middle. But how do we honor that Natalie's and Tracy aren't just putting their voice into the space all the time because they're those people. And often that's perceived as you're the know-it-all or you're the one who share overshares or whatever that or might be. Or they need attention or. Right. But really, no, that's how we're engaging in an environment because of our extroversion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then go back to the chaos and those different identities, because I would say that my husband is a different. He's he's not. He's probably an ambivert as well, but I wouldn't say he's as extroverted as I am.
0: I and would we, agree with that.
1: And we um, perceive chaos differently, and we also respond to it differently.
0: Well, and then each of your kids would right. also right Be different
1: in the same in same in your house well which you Absolutely. already alluded to it's hard when you've got a busy family if somebody is not comfortable with that level of busy because then we all have to to adjust mm-hmm. which is where those family meetings are really helpful cuz i can say okay it's important to each of us to feel heard and so we're going to listen when someone is using their voice to share that they are feeling like, we need to slow it down a bit.
0: And I love the proactive response to that, because even just a couple weeks ago, I had something Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and one of my children said to me, so what, I'm going to see you 10 minutes every day? But it was already after those things had happened. Mm. So that was a Wednesday comment because, again, I was gone Monday night and I was gone Tuesday night. And Mm -hmm. then Wednesday I was walking out the door and it was, okay nice to see you. It's been 10 minutes again. But that was the reactive of our schedule's been too busy and I'm not getting what I need. But then it comes out sideways because we didn't have a proactive conversation about this is what's happening this week and i didn't realize they're all happening one after the next Mm -hmm. until it was actually happening right because it looks like one thing on paper
1: or in your phone but it plays out another you know think even about a doctor's office you can schedule 15 minute consults or appointments but you need to realistically expect that there's going to be hiccups in that schedule so you can have the most perfect, flawless schedule, and you're still going to run behind, run late. Um, somebody's not going to show up. Something's going to present itself that you weren't expecting. I mean, so and the then best when
0: laid plans, right? Always but then when you're dealing
1: up. with relationships that are very intimate, you know, like the relationship with our children or with our husband, and you know that those are those are very personal. We need to adjust our chaos and find a way to to find balance yes that's a great
0: that's a great way to phrase it so i think about balance so balance can show up so differently on any given day on any given Mm -hmm. week because of all of the additional things happening people who know me well know that i can have many many plates spinning on any given time and it looks like I have it all together. And part of that is because I don't, I don't talk about the plates that get dropped. Um, right. Yep. But mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, it looks like it's all organized in a well-oiled machine. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. But that, again, goes back to where are we finding balance? Right. Well, and that initial
1: statement that we made about we have enough time to do the things we choose to do so you've got all those plates spinning and we have to let some things go Mm -hmm. we just do and sometimes that's easy most of the time it's not especially if you're a person who is naturally a giver or somebody who likes to prove themselves or somebody who doesn't want to disappoint because by letting something go you're making yourself unavailable and you're no longer able to help or do and and that is a really hard thing to let go of
0: absolutely cuz you don't want to disappoint others and or disappoint yourself
1: right and people talk about fear of missing out <laughs> and is that a fear of missing out or is it a fear i mean obviously you want to it's fun to be involved and included but i i wonder does that also reflect a fear of um being excluded A fear of missing an opportunity to prove yourself, a fear of not demonstrating, not being able to demonstrate sincerity and your willingness to help.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, like those are all things, obviously, that you'd be missing out on, but there's, it's not just fear of missing out on fun, it's fear of so many other things, missing out on so many other things.
0: Hmm. How do we make fear not the driver? How do you shift from fear to joy and what brings you joy as compared to what you're afraid of missing out on?
1: Yeah, I feel like there was a huge push for a very long time to seize the day, right? Mm. Seize, Go and seize the day. All right, well, that implies go and do all the things, right? Right. As opposed to now we're saying go out and embrace where you are.
0: And find contentment. Yes. In those daily yes, things.
1: Which may require that you take some downtime alone and not, not try to recharge with others. Hmm. You know? So to find that contentment, it's hard to do that during conversation. Like, I find... I, I definitely get charged, but... I'm not taking a lot of time to be okay with where I'm at
0: right now. So can we talk about the word contentment? Because there's a fun story. I can call it fun now. I hated it in the moment. Um, but <laughs> this was years ago. My therapist offered the word content. Mm. She's... They're really good at offering things that we maybe don't like. Oh, yeah, definitely did not like it. But I pushed back. So I good ha- for you. I- <laughs> good for you, Tracy. I have an amazing therapist and... I would not be where I am without that human in my life. And I think everyone can benefit from therapy. Just my little PSA for the moment. Oh, 100% Um, agree. We are in agreement there. So in this session, she offered the question of, what does it mean to you to be content? And I said, I hate that word. Mm. She said, really? Tell me more about that. And I'm like... Well, contentment means you're settling. Oh, interesting. Dictionary.com.
1: I was just going to say, from a literary stance, because that's what my background is, literature, that's not what my definition is.
0: It was mine. But I
1: could see where that could be synonymous. I hope that she directed you to dictionary.com.
0: Well, so she pulled it (laughs) up, and so I just pulled it up. Contentment is a state of happiness and satisfaction. But I go back to being a very driven, career-oriented mm-hmm. Yeah. success to me was defined by external things rather than contentment. Mm-hmm. So it was getting the next degree. It was having kids be successful in activities. It was getting a the next job. It was bringing value to the people that i worked with and while all of that was fantastic and as i reflect on that like it did bring me happiness i was satisfied i was finding satisfaction with my job therefore that would be contentment but there was always more like I always okay what's next what's next what's next and there was this hustle with what was next and mm-hmm. that's why the word contentment didn't align to me at that moment because well, I wanted to hustle for what's next Right. and think about how we use the word
1: content for a very very long time I don't hear it used this way as often but it used to be that people would say can't you just be content with what you have <laughs> that was the phrase and two things one the, con- the, um, the tone in that sentence
0: it's negative. is negative
1: very much so it's condescending mm-hmm. and uh, it, it implies that um, you're doing something wrong um, or maybe that you're you're selfish, you know. And then the word the, the word just
0: <laughs>
1: especially if you're somebody who's who's an, achi- an overachiever because before I was m- mom, and wife, and even when I was wife, but before I was mom, I was not a stay-at-home mom. I was very much a go-getter. You know, I went to grad school, I had these big plans. I was gonna go do big things just because I could, because I wanted to prove myself. And then the reason why I didn't is because I had to take, I had just finished a graduate program and my husband wanted to do, take the next step in his career and i had said okay you do that and then it'll be my turn well then we had a baby and i had the chance to stay home and circumstances and then it led to choices and now i stay home but i i get it i get where you're coming from because i was that same person you know i could see where kin- ah. the word content would be exceptionally annoying
0: exceptionally annoying i love that
1: phrase like forget you do you not know who i am and what i'm doing and what i'm capable of no where's your drive back off that would have been my response
0: (laughs) well there you go you just about summarized my response it did require me to pause and kind of rumble with that word i'm glad it did and now years later Mm -hmm. i actually shared that conversation with her recently and i'm like do you remember this conversation she Um, probably has it
1: like highlighted in her notes and she just transfers it to every new page with a big exclamation
0: mark turning points tracy's working on being content and finding what that means so when i think about that word contentment contentment to me means balance and that is where i've had to have kind of this dance in my life to find that balance point Mm -hmm. and be able to say okay i'm gonna run here and run meaning the drive the next thing this is what i want to learn this is what i want to do and the pause of this is good enough right now Mm. in order to find that balance which then is where i'm content and how much how much
1: Control, do we have to relinquish to get there? Right? Oh, I know. Word. Because I never thought that I was a control freak. I am. But until it got to the point where my kids were like, oh, meal ideas? I want corn dogs and tater tots. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to just be okay with that. But this is really hurting my soul. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, this yeah. is hard.
1: <laughs> but... In relinquishing that control, I'm better able to manage the rest of the chaos. Mm-hmm. This is great. We've, I feel like we talked about a lot of things. All because I asked, I told you I had chaos in my life today.
0: Because your morning was chaotic. Well, my
1: life is always chaotic.
0: Well, I mean, maybe the next episode will be about chaos too. <laughs> I mean. So chaos can be a choice chaos is put on us. Mm-hmm. We can choose to respond
1: to it. And you have options. You can respond to it in a manner in which you go with it or you resist it. Hmm. If you're going to go with it, though, that has two sub-choices. Okay? You can Back do to s- the whiteboard. Yep. You can do so with a chip on your shoulder. Or you can do it I don't want to say with a joyful heart because it doesn't have to be joyful, but you can do it with acceptance. You
0: embrace it.
1: Yes, and now, here's the thing: Um, chaos is going to take energy. You can resist it, and in some cases, that is an uh, that is a viable option. Sometimes you just have to accept it, Uh, right? You you just have to take it on, and if you choose to, and that's going to take energy. And if you choose to take it on with a negative attitude, that's gonna take more energy. It's gonna take more from you, right? Because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to benefit or engage or live or experience through it. Instead, you're gonna find yourself very depressed in those moments, very angry, very resentful. So I thrive in chaos. Well, I do too. I, I do well under pressure. Same. I'm sure that there are psychologists out there listening to us and they're like, oh, I've got a diagnosis for you.
0: <laughs> what DSM are we on? DSM? I don't know. Who knows? I, I can't even keep track. It's too
1: many letters. So, um, <laughs> or numbers. Numbers. Is that the numbers? That's, That's the, the numbers. numbers yeah. Okay. Too many numbers. I'm a, I'm a letter person, not a number person. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you can choose chaos. You can resist it. Um, But let's just get real. I mean, one option is going to require more energy than the other. And if you're going to choose to resist it, you really have to ask yourself, is this, is this am I going to be okay with this choice? Because it might have consequences. And if you're going to choose to go with it, then you have to ask yourself, am I going to be okay accepting this? Because if you're not, then it's going to require way more energy. So you might have been just better off resisting it. I feel like I should draw a diagram and then email it to all of the listeners. (laughs) Email me if you would like a diagram of what I just said. (laughs) I'm a literary person, but my mind works like an engineer. I've got little construction crew people setting up scaffolding and little (laughs) wrecking balls coming in and erasing.
0: Well, there we have it. Chaos in 2023. We're back at it. Embracing... The day-to-day realities that in some days are super chaotic and other days maybe not so much. And then asking ourselves and each other to find balance. Yes. In the chaos. Yep.
1: That sounds like a lot of work. And yet
0: we do it every day. I know. (laughs) We do. We do it every day. I also drink coffee a lot of coffee and i and i drink wine i am a fan of coffee and wine yes Mm -hmm. is it time for wine yet Mm -hmm. i
1: can make us some more coffee more
0: coffee (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for listening today thanks Thanks. for chatting today thanks for finding time for me today i think it's the opposite today
1: thanks for fitting into my schedule (laughs)
0: Always. Always. There's always time in the day to do everything that you want. Yes. And and choose to do. And choose. And I
1: am currently wearing sweatpants, and Tracy's wearing something that is similar to a blazer. We'll have to find an excuse to wear heels later. All right. All right. To be continued. To be continued.